Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Savage the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blood Bubble. With me, as always, my co-host, Stone Ray. We're back here to look at the action from Week 8 in the NFL. Still one game to be played, the Giants at the Chiefs. Um, of course, you'll know the outcome of that game by the time you listen to this. But uh, we're recording on Monday afternoon. Uh, Chiefs 10-point favorites in that one. We both picked the Chiefs to win that game. But let's talk about the games that have already been played. And uh, Dylan will start. As always, with our picks for the games of the week, which was plural, this past week uh, we went with the Packers at the Cardinals. Uh, we both picked the Cardinals to win that game. Well, <laughs> what do we know? Um, and we went with the Bucks at the Saints, and we both picked the Bucks to win that game. And, uh, yeah, so there kind of gives you an idea of where our picks started uh, for Week 8. We missed the Thursday night game. We missed what we thought would be a win for the Bucks, and especially so after uh, Jameis Winston, uh, yeah. ACL injury, MCL injury, he's out for the season. Um, but the Packers, shorthanded, win, give the Cardinals their first loss, and the Saints get a much-needed win, although now moving forward for the Saints, uh, still some questions after the Jameis uh, injury. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, obviously they need to figure out what their approach is going to be under center the rest of the season because they do have – uh, you know, and there's reason we thought of them as a playoff team going into this year. They have a really complete overall roster, a great defense. Dennis Allen getting a ton of love today after his defense's performance there um, in New Orleans. A lot of different things that they've done well in the past against Tom Brady in terms of, uh, you know, whether it be pressuring with a few guys and generating, uh, not having to bring everyone, but also confusing looks. Having having three guys on the line, three linebackers, and bringing different guys from all sorts of places, they just made it really difficult for the Bucks to know what kind of pressure was coming and what kind of coverage that Tom was going to get. And those kind of late snap things made a difference, uh, especially on one play in particular where it stopped a drive. It wasn't an interception, but nonetheless, the kind of coverage where Tom looks and just uh, you know enough to stunt the, the Bucks from their usual offensive output and to, the, to his credit, Trevor Simeon looked pretty good in the in the offense there for New Orleans. Uh, some really strong play by their offensive line and other playmakers. So, uh, yeah, a pot, huge win for them. And I mean, you know, when we made our predictions, we did mention like the the regular season success of the, the Saints uh, last year against the Bucks and how they have really played them overall pretty well. And uh, still, just not think they were going to uh, win this one, especially like you said with James going down. So pretty crazy. It was the ba- day of the backup. I'm sure we'll talk about my, uh, 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 Mike White a little bit uh, in a bit as well. But in the other game, yeah, Packers Cardinals really lived up to the game of the week. And even with, as we mentioned at the time, even with all the receivers down, we thought this was still going to be potentially close. Uh, in Arizona, you know maybe a little disappointing effort at certain points from their offense. Obviously the Packers did a great job of keeping them off the field with long time consuming drives. And I think for green Bay, the, 
the big takeaway is, uh, you know, as we talked about, the defense has been improving with all the guys that they've had out. They're only going to get better when they get their uh, all their top personnel back on the field. And then on offense, they can beat you in so many different ways. And I'm just really impressed with their offensive line. Uh, Arizona knew they were going to run a lot of times, and they still ran right through them. Obviously had a few hiccups uh, here and there. Could have put the game away with a, with a touchdown there at the end on that last drive uh, before the Arizona pick and obviously the a lot was made last week of that uh, AJ Green play what, what he was really looking for there seemed like even after the game Kyler still confused I know most of us have moved on since then but yeah, it's still good to look back at that game because it was a potential uh, playoff preview absolutely and two teams that right there I think you know these four teams in these games along with the Rams and Cowboys I mean that, that's that's six teams at the top of the NFC maybe just put the Saints below the five just because still they don't have that that, that huge answer under center like the other five teams do but it's a really really strong group and and the argument is uh, as we kind of talked about last week possibly the six best <laughs> teams in the nfl i think you could throw yeah. the bills uh, still in there uh, with what they've been able to do and what we believe maybe the chiefs can do or the ravens those teams but man the afc just does not have that top end uh that the nfc does right now yeah the afc is um it's an interesting bunch and we'll talk more about that here as we move along, uh, but the NFC looking really, really good uh, right now, and uh, yeah, I think there'd be some people in favor in the NFC specifically of uh, all right. Let's just put the let's just order the teams uh, <laughs> one, and let's just forget the the conferences yeah. and let's go from there. I uh, don't think that's going to happen though. Uh, but we move on to our betting locks of the week, <laughs> and well, uh, one of us did much better than the other in this one, um, as it seemed it seemed good for Dylan, but. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, not that didn't turn out too well. Um, mine, on the other hand, I still just am flabbergasted why this number was what it was. We talked about that on the previous episode. Yeah, Seahawks just completely dominate the Jags. Um, just again, uh, it was a three and a half point spread. Seahawks win thirty-one to seven. I have no idea. Still, uh, it just that that is the I'd say easily top three most mind-boggling spreads of the season thus far, in my opinion. Um, Seahawks take care of business, dominant fashion, not even close. Um, again, this was just one of those that was all Seahawks. And then not a whole lot to really talk about in that game. But the other on the flip side, uh, Dylan's pick of the Bengals, who were 11.5-point mm-hmm. favorites at the Jets. Well, the Bengals <laughs> go from um, being the dominant force in the AFC to losing to the Jets. As the Jets win 34-31, to they score 17 points in the fourth quarter. Mike White looking like Joe Namath, and <laughs> just um, this is just such a disappointing loss for the Bengals. Um, I mean, there's really no other way to put it. They had their opportunity um, to really, like we said, I mean, they win that game, they go to 6-2, and two, they're the top team in the AFC, like, uh, but then you lose to the Jets, who, by the way, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out, I think the Jets are going to get there sooner rather than later. I think you could just start to sort of sense some of the things that mm-hmm. – that Robert Solid, I guess, has been able to do talent-wise. They still need some work, but I think the Jets will turn this thing around. And I'm not saying it's going to be two weeks from now or anything, but um, I think they'll turn things around sooner rather than later, at least just kind of seeing the trajectory of where they are right now. Yeah, I mean, they looked like a team with a ton of fight, obviously. Um, they they came into that game kind of uh, similar fashion and uh, maybe a week ago. You think how the Lions came out against the Rams with a lot of urgency, kind of playing loose trick plays, all sorts of things that – 
Uh, it, it felt like they didn't have anything to lose there and didn't believe, uh, didn't think anyone believed in them. Sure enough, I did not, obviously, with the, my betting lock there. Uh, did not expect Mike White to, to go off like he did. Uh, one of my favorite stats, I believe, is average uh, average length of each target was under four yards, despite throwing for over 400 yards. It's just a ridiculous, ridiculous game in terms of a guy taking the the paper cuts that the Bengals defense and a lot of defense in the NFL are willing to give you they're willing to give you those short kind of dump down passes to prevent the big play and and the Jets kept taking it and over and over and over again and you make some plays after the after the catch some some bad tackling by the Bengals defense uh, they'll obviously want this one back but overall it wasn't like they gave up too many crazy big plays just a lot of a lot of weird things that happened. Turnovers, obviously, the pick at the end of the game by Joe Burrow uh, did not <laughs> help any uh, matters whatsoever. The Bengals still had another chance to get down the field, ended up hunting. Uh, a lot is made about that really questionable uh, personal foul call that allowed the Jets uh, game winning uh, drive when they ran out the clock to continue. Uh, I think, despite, I don't think the Bengals really deserve much given the way they played in that game to that point. Well, they had their opportunities to put them away. They're still winning by double digits, right, with like eight minutes left. So, I mean, just uh, like you said, for the Jets, at least they're a team battling. Still think they have a lot of things personnel-wise. Defense still didn't look fantastic for most of this game. But, hey, they make a couple big plays here and there. And the Bengals just weren't a team that uh, is maybe used to being this favorite, uh, having being the hunted. Uh, they, some of their players talked about that after the game. Needing that urgency uh, uh, from the first snap is the NFL, after all. And uh, the Bengals just maybe they, you know, coming off of the, the really big, really impressive win over Baltimore, just a bit of a letdown. It was easy to see, but still didn't think that was going to happen. And like you you said, for the Seahawks, I think the line only moved to, to four by the time the game started, at least on Caesars. And they uh, obviously cleared that by a, a mile coming off a short week against the Jaguars team that's coming off a bye and the Jaguars looked like a team that had played maybe four days before they I mean it was just they had nothing going on offense they finally get a touchdown towards the end but I mean it was just brutal to watch them all day against one of again against the Seattle defense that maybe is improving but at the same time I think they just kind of beat up on a bad uh, opponent in this one uh, Gino looked pretty solid as he has in the other two games we mentioned they, they you know they lost those the last few games but they have stayed close with better teams so not surprised and really regretting on my part not uh, just doubling up your lock here because now I think you've only missed one. I've missed. I think I'm five and three, and so you're seven and one. I I know I have the the edge still on the overall picks, but you got it. You got it where it matters, uh, where the money's being put. So I need to pick up my game on this. Well, that sound you hear is where uh, Dylan already cashing in the victory on the entire regular season in the overall picks because that leads us to our next two, um, which both go in his favor um, here when you look at uh, how everything played out. In these two, uh, we both picked our upsets. Dylan got his right, I got mine wrong, and uh, Dylan got both games correct. Overall, I got both games wrong. And uh, we start with the Cowboys and the Vikings. Um, You know, Dak doesn't play. I felt even better about things before I think I knew. (laughs) Like, I picked the Vikings before I knew Dak wasn't going to play. Then when Dak doesn't play, I'm thinking, all right, well, we're definitely going to get this one. Uh, didn't happen. Cowboys get the win, and uh, give the Cowboys credit. They're 6-1 and one now. They get this win without Dak. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a come-from-behind victory. Cooper Rush does. He looks pretty good. Um, not too bad there. Uh, Mari yeah. Cooper, big game. Um, so, yeah, give the Cowboys credit. This has to feel like a big missed opportunity for the Vikings. Uh, meanwhile, Patriots and Chargers. Um, I picked the Chargers to win this one. You picked the Patriots mm-hmm. as your upset uh, lock. Six-point spread this was. And the Patriots take care of business. 27-24. Uh, not the best game uh, for Justin Herbert. 
Uh, but uh, hey, the uh, the pick six that kind of sealed the deal there, and uh, Adrian Phillips uh, against uh, his former team, just like he wanted to write it uh, <laughs> there, moves the Patriots to forward four. They're back to 500. Meanwhile, uh, Chargers starting to struggle a bit after that uh, hot start. Yeah, the Chargers run defense. I mean, they, I know by the time you're listening to this, it might be past the trade deadline tomorrow. But if there's anything they need to figure out, it's their interior run defense. It's been tough to watch week to week here. They, you know, they limit the, the Patriots to only 3.6 yards per carry, but still 140 <laughs> rushing yards by the end of it. It didn't feel like it wasn't as. Uh, it felt like they were running uh, for more yards uh, on average against them on the day. Patriots not a great offensive game overall. I mean, they settled for a lot of field goals. They did have uh, one longer touchdown that would have even uh, made that would have bumped up that average for sure. It was a long Damian Harris touchdown brought back from a hold. They end up fumbling a couple plays later. So really, when New England was losing by a point towards the end, it felt like they probably could have had a lead. And sure enough, yeah, they end up that the pick not the best. Like you said, the best game from. Justin Herbert, they still had opportunities to win, but now we've seen, uh, you know, last year it was better, better outing than last season when they got shut out completely by the Pats. But uh, just some of the things where it feels like they, you know, the, the plays that they're making that when they're going when they're four and one with their offense, always con- uh, converting those long third downs. And they talked about it going into their bye. Brandon Staley said the one area, especially in offense, they need to get better at is, is the early down success and not not asking Herbert to, to keep converting long third downs. But that ended up kind of being the case in this one. Some other things confused them. And, yeah, you, you, I mean, it's it, this week was kind of that that kind of uh, situation for a lot of quarterbacks. And so you think of what happened with the Bucks um, and Tom, and, uh, and Tom Brady and some of the different things he didn't uh, see. I mean, even though the, the Bills win, we'll get to that. Josh Allen didn't have the, the most spectacular game. You had Herbert at one point running into one of his linemen. And this one, so it's just kind of, you know, it's tough. <laughs> you can't, not every, not every week are you going to dominate. And I think the Patriots, you know, we've talked about how they've, played well against good teams and just barely come up short they're better you know they're four and four but they could easily be better right in that playoff conversation and then yeah quickly on the cowboys and vikings i i mean minnesota had i believe the stat was seven drives of four yards or less it's just i, I don't you know you have pretty solid receiving gr- uh, corps there and they you know they're not really throwing the ball down the field whatsoever i know they're they have issues on the, along the offensive line but overall, just a really disappointing effort from that offense. You know, I know the, know the Dallas has a better defense than they've had in the past. Micah Parsons more so maybe than any game this season in terms of you just saw him reading things before Kirk Cousins and he'd be on top of the guy making the catch before the basically right when the ball arrives. It's ridiculous to watch him play. He was fantastic. That whole defense played a, a great game. And, yeah, Cooper Rush makes enough big throws, Some had some turnovers, but also – Obviously, the Cedric Wilson touchdown, that pass was absolutely perfect. Some great moves from him after the catch. All, you know, they got some lucky kind of plays, you could say, I guess, on that one uh, bobbling catch by Amari Cooper where Breland basically bobbled it right back into him. But, I mean, it just shows Dallas's resolve that they're not just a, a team that's going to rely on their offense like we thought maybe going into the season. This defense is pretty solid and the two teams are going in such different directions now with dallas you feel you get, <laughs> they basically feeling like they're going to easily cruise this division title and it's going to be tough to get the bye maybe if the only the one seed getting it maybe they thought hey we can take this week off we got a long-term plan with dak we're not going to worry about it we'll see what happens they somehow still win this game they're going to have so much confidence building off that meanwhile the vikings over their next few games it's uh let me pull this up real quick. It's not the not the prettiest stretch of schedule coming up for them. They have that I know in a few weeks the Packers, but it goes yeah Ravens, Chargers, Packers, Niners. I mean that even if the Niners are playing like they did today, uh, even if the Chargers bounce back, it's just 
I know that last NFC playoff spot's up for the grabs for a lot of teams, but uh, Minnesota, man, this is one that you needed to get and one that, you know, we felt like they're maybe a little better than they have been this season than they have a game like this. And now I'm, yeah, I'm just questioning exactly what, what they're really uh, – what their ceiling is as a team. Maybe they get that seven seed, but what does that really mean? Well, where are you going? And this Kirk Cousins era, especially the last, this, you know, it has not been exactly, things haven't gone as swimmingly as they look they're, act like they're going to go after 2017 when Case Keenum almost brought them to a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what's next uh, for the Vikings, but uh, yeah, not not too great on my, my upset <laughs> pick there. It, it looked good on paper. But, yes. Uh, well, it moved to I think it moved to Vikings being favored by four by the time the game started. Yeah, right. But so, obviously, when you placed the bet and the, made the prediction, it was different. Yeah, <laughs> I would have would have taken that, but uh, yeah, interesting interesting development there for the Vikings. Uh, all right, to our quick picks: uh, Bills Dolphins, probably one of the uglier games of the day, and I think the standout was watching the red zone and um scott hansen's like we really haven't been to this game much no like that was one of those games for like you just until late in the game like probably not until the fourth quarter um this was one of those games like you forgot was even on if you're watching red zone yeah uh, because you know the bills scored 16 of their 26 in the fourth quarter and really that's where the majority of the scoring for the entire game came in this one a pretty sloppy performance from the bills uh but hey if you can be sloppy and still win by two touchdowns uh, I guess you'll take it here. Yeah, absolutely. Their defense has still been solid enough. Uh, when they got to the red zone, they did a much better job actually capitalizing. Miami, uh, you know, only scoring once on three red zone trips. Pretty pretty putrid uh, kind of thing. That's kind of been the story of their offense this year. I mean, they, they made some – had some dink and dunk passes. Probably felt like they could have had a lead at halftime, um, and it just didn't go their way. They just <laughs> – always one mistake here and there, one breakdown in the offensive line, two not making a read. It's – it's just the number of issues for them have, have really piled up their offense, it can, you know, not doing enough to buoy a defense that had a, you know, a better outing. Like you said, it was, it was a pretty sloppy day. I don't know how much was, how much we're going to get credit the dolphins for this and how much we're going to take away from the bills. But uh, yeah, we've, we've just kind of seen Buffalo not have it week to week the same way on offense as they did yet last year, but it hasn't mattered because again, that defense has just been so good. And it's the reason I still think right at this moment, at least uh, a lot changes quickly, but they look like the best team in the AFC just because that offense has that capability. And that defense is still, I trust them more than most of the other units uh, in this conference of the, of the contending teams. Yeah, you look at maybe Baltimore, but you look at, they have outings like they did against the Bengals a week ago. And, uh, but uh, you know, really, at this point at Buffalo still if they just get things back on track on offense I think they're going to be just fine uh Dolphins though disappointing uh it's just tough to think about where they're going to be uh moving forward it's just like it's you know even if you didn't think they're going to be a playoff team and I don't think we put them in the playoffs but uh, I still thought they're going to be at least solid and right now it's just it looks like we're regressing back towards where we're going a couple of years ago Yep, probably already looking ahead the next season to see if uh, who's their quarterback going to be. Is it going to be Deshaun Watson? Is it going to be Tua? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do things look like? Probably, yeah, at one and seven, you're probably already looking ahead. Try to figure that out. Uh, Panthers Falcons, not the most noteworthy game uh, on the field. Panthers win nineteen thirteen, but uh, probably the biggest item uh, from this is uh, Calvin Ridley stepping away yeah. for the Falcons. Uh, that is uh, obviously a big. Big deal uh, for this team moving forward. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of it. We didn't really look at the Falcons moving forward as a playoff team or anything. But um, Calvin Ridley stepping away, and uh, Panthers get a much-needed win on the road in this one. 
Yeah, Carolina's defense showed up again, obviously, like you mentioned with Calvin Ridley out. A little shorthanded there for the Falcons. Hopefully everything's going okay with him as he focuses on his mental health. But, yeah, just in terms of, like you said, for Atlanta, didn't really think of them as a playoff team. Maybe with this NFC, someone's going to have to get that last seed. Um, There's a lot of time for that to be sorted out. Carolina, they probably need to win this game if they're going to be that team. Still don't know what I really feel about their offense. You know, only putting up 19 points against a pretty pretty mediocre to bad Falcons defense been one of the worst ones uh DVOA wise in the league this year actually I think yeah at uh, 30th and yeah I mean only 129 yards for Sam Darnold just an awful rating and you know Hubbard looked pretty solid they were able to run the ball so you know part of the reason they don't throw this much is because of that and because of the defense having success Stephon Gilmore gets a big pick so you, you feel good about that one side of the ball but it's still you know back to wondering what about what this team could be if they just had the right answer in their quarterback and i know early in the season sam looked good see how the rest of the season goes but it's been a pretty rough stretch here now for him yeah uh, it has indeed but uh, at least for the panthers they move back to 500 here and uh, we'll see where they go from that uh, eagles lions the less said the better uh <laughs> eagles 44 lions six um to think you and I talked before we made our picks, and I almost convinced uh-huh. myself to take the Lions in that one. But uh, I thought much better of it, and uh, good thing I did. Uh, this was all Eagles, and, uh, yeah, Lions aren't very good. Yeah, the Eagles threw the ball 16 times and scored 44 points. I mean, that's basically yeah. all I need to, to think about here. They, they run for almost 250 yards, five yards per carry. No matter who it was, they had three guys with 12-plus carries, and they all dominated. They just beat them up front in a way that, uh, you know, Detroit got exposed. I mean, their defense has been bad all year, but I did not realize you could just literally run right through them. If anything, their run defense had been the better portion of their defense as a whole this season. And yeah, Philadelphia stuck to their strengths, and obviously, the all the the plays they made on defense uh, end up making a, a big difference as well. The Dolphins, or sorry, the Lions, and all these teams with combined one and fifteen record. Dolphins, Lions, just the same in my mind. I mean, yeah, they you know they only turn the ball over once, but they have also some turnovers on downs and just different things where it was ugly. It was really hard to watch the Lions' offense today, whether it be fum- uh, you know the fumble by uh, Swift, but also just. Just nothing happening against you know Philly defense is fine as we've kind of talked about but nothing nothing like this and yeah it's it, that's what we kind of said yeah we as you talked about maybe you're going to pick them but I was like they seem to go they fluctuate like the one week they'll almost win this game then they'll get completely blown out like they did against the Bengals and now this one so don't really know what to expect they're zero and eight I feel like they're going to get a win at some point still um, I'm just not going to be the one to predict it probably. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore either. I don't remember who I picked them to beat, but uh, it was the Bengals. I have once. um, (laughs) Yeah, you have too. So there you go. Both wrong on that. All right, Titans, uh, Colts, Titans win 34-31. What a wild game this was in overtime. Um, Carson Wentz made one of the worst throws I've ever seen (laughs) in given the situation. Um, But to give him credit, he did come back, lead them back down, uh, sends the game to overtime, then throws another interception, and that allows the Titans – kick the field goal to win the game so not Carson Wentz's best game uh, for the Colts but as we all know the biggest story coming out of this is the Titans are now six and two and it's probably a good thing they added a- another win yeah. to kind of pad their record because they're going to be without Derrick Henry for seemingly best case scenario is going to be two months which you know could be start of the playoffs you would think uh is a realistic possibility yeah. I think it's at six to ten weeks I think eight was what was talked about as probably the most realistic scenario mm-hmm. So that would put him back first of January. 
Um, you know, and I guess that does put you back right in time for the playoffs, which, you know, can the Titans get to the playoffs uh, at this point? I think they are still going to be fine winning the division. I just don't, again, I don't have enough confidence in the Colts, and certainly there's no expectation for the Jags or the Texans to uh-huh. be involved in that conversation. So I think they'll still find a way to win in the division. Uh, but, uh, boy, these next couple months are going to be interesting for the Titans. Yeah, effectively a four-game lead on. They're, they're really three games up in the Colts, but they sweep the season series, so they have that tie break. Um, but, so, yeah, they're, they're sitting pretty there. Sitting atop, I believe, yeah, they have the best record in the uh, by a half game in the in the AFC. Um, it, we will see how they how the offense uh, changes. I, I don't think, like, obviously with Adrian Peterson being brought in, uh, you know, they're going to still – Still, I imagine feature the run is a major part of their offense, but I don't think uh, approaching <laughs> trying to replace Derrick Henry is maybe the best way to go. Considering how well they can pass the ball when things are clicking, I, I still think that you know, Tannehill's been, been really good at certain points. I know he's had a couple picks in this one and doesn't play a perfect game, but I still think overall he's he's been really solid. You still have great playmaking receivers. AJ Brown as a fantasy owner of him that really worked out for me for him to kind of break out in this one but other members of this team have just stepped up as well the secondary targets so yeah i'll be curious to see how it goes they and they have playmakers on defense they, they continue to uh you know they give up a lot of points but they seem to get enough turnovers and different plays here and there their past defense hasn't been it's been at least more middle of the road compared to where they rank overall so yeah they've guys have stepped up on that side like you said it's going to be a tough tough stretch here they do get it they do get the play you know as benefits of being in their division they get the the jaguars and texans in this next stretch and the dolphins uh and texans in the last two games so they still get houston twice which is a huge gain and like you said maybe derrick henry by the time we get to those last two weeks of the year there's a chance that'll be eight weeks off i believe going into week 17 and then week 18 with the extra week against houston that yeah so you know they're in a great shape to maybe not you know if the buy maybe was a possibility with how where the afc's been going it's no, not really clear who's going to grab the number one seed at this point maybe it was in play maybe that uh you take a step back there probably in terms of you know most running backs that get hurt and you look at the uh betting lines and they don't really move like a ton i think derrick henry is probably one of the guys that <laughs> leads the way in terms of added value and how t- uh, teams anticipate uh, you know, his value so big test for them against the, the rams this week um if they find a way to win that one without derrick henry you're feeling really good about where this team's moving um but nonetheless still a huge win for them to pull it out just some kind of the, a loss that sums up how the Colts season has gone they'll have good stretches they take an early 14-0 lead here i was feeling decently about my pick uh, for indianapolis to win this game and then things turn quickly and, and tennessee still has that ability even no matter what's going on with derrick henry i still think they're going to be able you know it's not like he's really dominating in this game he only goes 28 carries for 68 yards and they still put up 34 points so i i think they their offense is going to be good enough to carry them over the stretch and i think they're still going to eventually uh, win this division yeah, schedule definitely helps them out uh, in that regard. Rams have been helped out by a very good schedule yes. recently. Uh, 38-22, don't let the score fool you. Um, this was not – I mean, the Texas scored all 22 of their points in the fourth quarter. I guess the, the Rams are just – they're so used to this at this point, whether it's, you know, some of the games they played in. They just dominate. I mean, up 38 nothing at the end of the third. And, yeah, this was all Rams. And uh, I don't really know what you take away from this from either team. They're kind of what we thought they were. Yeah, maybe the Rams' uh, secondary unit is not very good because, yeah, as soon as they put those guys in, uh, the Texans started racking up points. Um, for the Rams' sake, everyone needs to stay healthy because they dominated when, they're, when their main guys were on the field. Uh, you know, they still had a couple little hiccups here and there. They benefited from a questionable hold or PI, I forget what they called, on Houston in the end zone on one of their touchdown drives to make it 17-0. But 
it didn't really matter regardless of what was going to happen there they were <laughs> bulldozing their way through houston they ran the ball effectively uh pretty much anything they wanted in the passing game was there. stafford's anticipation and the, r- the routes and everything they're doing as an offense i mean it's just they've um it's ridiculous to watch uh you know what they're able to do week to week and how it doesn't it's, it doesn't feel anything like the the you know the golf rams they really do have a much more wide open drop back if they are doing play action a lot of times at a shotgun not turning the back and uh, doing the same kind of plays they did before and they're adding new things it seems like every week so on that side they're uh, been great the defense obviously uh, feasted on tennis on, on houston which hasn't been a uh, something that has uh, is uncommon by any means for houston this season but still was good to see the defense do what it was supposed to do good to see ernest johnson there uh, in his first start as as the starting uh, one of the linebackers after the kenny young trade he looked good he got his first pick and had tackles for losses i think he led the team in tackles he was all over the place so really encouraging there and obviously yeah today the big news as by the time you're listening to this the next it will be the next day them trading for von miller um I, you know obviously not the same player he used to be but and they've gotten a lot of really good, uh, good snaps out of Terrell Lewis and Oko uh, Rongbo on the opposite side of Leonard Floyd but now you just add in another skilled pass rusher that has never had a guy just like any pass rusher has never had anyone like Aaron Donald eating up people in the middle of their uh on their defense unless they've played alongside him so we'll see how that you know I think the combination of having the depth at the position and um and Aaron Donald should allow Von Miller maybe he doesn't have to take as many snaps and still be super effective when he is uh, also a lot made of the rams draft pick situation i looked through it and still have eight picks projected for next year despite all the picks they've traded just because they get uh the next two years they get third round picks uh comp picks for uh, the lions hiring brad holmes as their gm and then they also will likely get the maximum for player departures of four comp picks so you add those to the current group they better keep hitting on their their late round picks and middle round picks because that's where they're basically all going to be uh but the draft capital still exists to a certain extent and, and who knows depending on how many snaps Vaughn gets maybe they'll get another you know is well they'll probably still get that max of four but it, maybe one of them will improve a little bit um so yeah just uh maybe not the position that most people thought the rams might add to at the trade deadline but um i think uh, if anything they've been kind of a decent pretty good team rushing rushing the past so their, their pressure rates are kind of close to the top 10 i think like 12th and 13th or so depending on what metrics you look at so if they can improve that any uh any amount with the way their secondary is played and the scheme and all those things it's only going to allow them to do more as a defense and make them much more scary as a team overall Steelers get a big win on the road against the Browns, 15-10. Steelers win this one. Pretty ugly game uh, in yeah. that one. Uh, not it really just was not not pretty at all, um, I think, when you look at it there. What about the Niners getting a good win on the road yeah. against the Bears, uh, 33-22? That was kind of a wild game. Niners scored 18 in the fourth quarter uh, in that one. And uh, also, we'll just go ahead and group this one in, too, because mm. it was not a necessarily a pretty game either. The Broncos getting a 17-10 win at home against Washington. Yeah, that that game was not one that I was really tuned into. Every time it seemed like there'd be like one decent play, then nothing would happen. The ending was obviously crazy with the Melvin Gordon fumble that made the Broncos have to get another stop. They get the win. I mean, the win that they needed to have as they as you know in this kind of really ridiculously packed AFC. Maybe they do have a shot at making the playoffs. I don't know. They're four and four. Who knows what could go happen for them in Washington? It's just been 
you know, the defense looks a little better this week, but a lot of teams have looked good against Denver. Not a lot to write home for. Disappointing effort for their offense to only put up 10 points. And that one, yeah, the other two games, I thought Justin Fields for large portions looked really good and made some really exciting plays. That one fourth down uh, touchdown run was absolutely spectacular. He had some good throws in anticipation. Ran the ball. I think his three longest runs of his of the season all came in this one for him. Uh, but Jimmy Garoppolo got right. And, I mean, gets a pretty solid Bears defense. That's an encouraging win, I think, for 49er fans and for what they're going to be able to be as a team this year if he can continue to play like that they ran the ball ridiculously well against chicago elijah mitchell continues to obviously benefits from the blocking scheme and the the solid offensive line that they have but his vision and his ability to make plays after the initial uh, kind of development of the scheme and make plays down the field has been really really huge for them and uh, maybe a game where san francisco starts going in the right direction still defense hasn't been perfect and it's going to be tough but hey they, maybe they're the team that grabs that last seed in the nfc i probably the one i'd be not wanting to face the most if i were the two seed at the end of it all and then uh yeah the steelers and browns oh my gosh that i mean you take you know the chris boswell injury the steelers don't have an emergency kicker the browns are playing hurt jack conklin goes back down and it's just like it was a messy game. I still thought the Browns, you know, they should be pretty disappointed. They don't find a way to get this win. Uh, some really bad misplays, some Jarvis Landry drops that did not help Baker as he was trying to get them back down the field there. Towards the end, it was just just uh, frustrating, I think is the best way to put it, for uh, where the Browns are at right now. Sitting at 4-4, four and four, feeling like you're a better team than this, but I don't know. They've The secondary at certain points, you know, they only give up 15 points, but it wasn't like they – uh, completely dominated this game and Steelers a huge win for them uh, as they get back into being definitely in that conversation for one of the playoff spots in the AFC and you know, who knows gonna win, who's going to win this division I still think I feel okay about my Ravens pick but it's uh, a lot of teams all over the place there in the AFC North yeah one of the issues of uh, running the old fake punt is uh, <laughs> that uh, if your punter uh, yeah your kicker you just oh, not, oh, good, not good on any of that <laughs> stuff so did not work out well. Uh, they're having the old uh, the fake there for the Steelers. All right, let's talk about uh, some of our waiver wire picks before we wrap up here. Um, I think Adrian Peterson is probably pretty close to the top on everyone's board, uh, given what we talked about with the Titans' offense. Although, like you mentioned, they do have the option to throw the ball. So, um, you know, it's probably a wait and see thing. But look, if you've got spots available, um, yeah. you would fully expect him to be, you know, put right into a a particular potentially prominent role um, mm-hmm. on that offense, getting goal line carries and stuff. So I think he's obviously uh, one of the high ones. Uh, I know Rashad Bateman, someone a lot of people yes. probably have their eye on as well. Uh, Boston Scott had a big game against the Lions, but, I mean, Miles My- Sanders, you know, it's, that's another one too I think's interesting, but I think you're always going to battle the Jalen Hurts thing where, you know, Hurts is going to get a lot of opportunities running the ball too. So uh, it's it's still one uh, worth considering. Uh, so he's another one probably to put on that list. And, uh, I mean, beyond that, you know, I keep looking at someone like Van Jefferson. I know that's just mm-hmm. such a crowded, you know, such, but we've talked about it. Like, they just, I think at any time, any of these guys, I mean, obviously Cooper Cup's far and away the top option for them. But uh, I think even Van Jefferson, someone on, on an offense that yeah. good, uh, like I've said before, I'll take all the pieces I can get in that scenario. He's really become their main deep guy. I know it maybe looked like he tweaked something, but after the game, Sean McVay said he was fine after making that uh, 
I don't know, 50 plus yard reception that he had. He's been, yeah, more and more of a vocal point. He's already surpassed his rookie numbers by a wide margin in targets and yards and everything. Uh, and with Deshaun Jackson requesting the trade, and even if he doesn't get traded, I think there's a decent chance the Rams, Rams will cut him and he'll sign elsewhere. Uh, so it's, a, yeah, they don't have a ton of depth after that top three. Uh, we saw. Ben Tronick, mostly a special teams guy, a seventh-round pick, make a couple catches at the end of this one. But I think you're right on there with Van as an option if you need one uh, to be explosive and uh, be due for at least a few big catches and maybe a touchdown here and there. Not a bad option. Uh, looking at quarterbacks, man, I, it's all going to be matchups uh, the rest of the way here. Uh, if you wanted to be, uh, if you have enough space on your bench, you could – I'm not advocating for this, but you could, I guess, (laughs) try to pick up Deshaun Watson and see if something happens. I I know there were some reports that he might be able to clear some of these civil cases and actually be able to play. I wouldn't do it personally, but, um, you know, obviously we know what he's able to do if he's on the field. Uh, Beyond that, I know he's beyond over 50%, but Daniel Jones, I'm starting him in one league tonight because of Dak Prescott being out last night. So uh, Daniel Jones, not a not a terrible option depending on the matchup. We'll see how he does after he plays Kansas City. That might be a really cold take uh, by the time you listen to this tomorrow, depending on what happens. Um, the one thing with Philly, as you mentioned with Boston Scott, I just worry about the overall depth of, of guys they have in that backfield. Also, like you said, Jalen Hurts stealing some of the, the red zone carries, but uh, and just carries overall. But Kenneth Gainwell, obviously Jordan Howard had a nice little uh, resurgent game here. Um, so uh, it's just, uh, you know, Boston Scott did, yeah, looked like he was going to get uh, a higher portion of their share of targets and everything. But uh, I, I don't know how I'd feel about that overall. Maybe, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like James Robinson's injury is as bad. Otherwise, I would have said maybe Carlos Hyde or, just, you know, someone's going to have to get those carries for them. Um, but it's 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 tough pickings on the running backs. Like Ty Johnson had a big game, but we still know that Michael Carter is really a, such a big portion of that team. And then the final, I'll look at just at the receivers real quick. Yeah. Man, as the Packers get their guys back, you're not going to feel too good about Randall Cobb. Maybe as long as Mike White's out there, if you're in PPR, maybe keep Jamison Crowder just because it seems like he's going to be going to him quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I think Van Jefferson. I think you nailed a, one that's uh, potentially out of all these guys that are lower in ownership that by the end of the season at least could have, especially if you have some buys remaining. Could be a plug-and-play guy. Rams, even against tougher opponents, I still think they're going to be throwing the ball a good amount and still have some level of success. So I, I think that's, you know, good teams are going to, you know, as much as Cooper Cup's getting a lot of the, you know, the, the vast majority of the targets, it seems like, and even Robert Woods has a pretty high target share still, I still think there's a ton of value in what Van can do because because uh, the Rams want to spread the ball out. They, they're not going to completely go to one guy if they feel like the matchups don't dictate it and, and, the, and the different coverages. So Van's going to have a lot of opportunities, I feel like, to make some big plays down the stretch. Yeah, Taysom Hill is an interesting one, too. Yes. Um, sounds like he's going to come out of concussion protocol sooner rather than later. And like we said, um, you know, worst case, he's going to get turned to at some point um, for the Saints with Jameis out for the season. So uh, that's another potential option there mm-hmm. uh, if you want to have someone to stash in that. So uh, there you go. There's a look at uh, all the action from Week 8. Like we said, by the time you listen to this, you'll know what happened with the Chiefs and the Giants. Hopefully for my Super Bowl pick, uh, the Giants will not win that game uh, because uh, then my Super Bowl pick would be really in jeopardy if the Chiefs are losing at home to the Giants. But we'll see what happens with that. But, of course, still don't have it all covered. Over clutch points, uh, lots going on. World Series, uh, back to Houston. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what I think about that. Um, I think the Braves should have took care of business uh, in Atlanta now that it goes back to Houston. We'll see. 
but I know you got it all covered over there. NFL, uh, MLB, NBA is going on. It's all going on right now. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully we can just move on to MLB offseason coverage in the Clutch Points app. But no, you have to potentially have two more games to fall in there. Hopefully yep. just one more for the Braves' sake and Blake's sake um, and and most a lot of fans' sake. So yeah, you can follow those games in the Clutch Points app. You can follow all the NBA action in the Clutch Points app, all the NFL games. We have tons of coverage, takeaways from all, these, um, all the games from this past weekend. A lot of looks at biggest needs that teams need to address at this trade deadline. By the time you listen to this, maybe last-second reads for you on those depending on your team and uh, looking at possible trades these teams could make. We've done a lot of, of that. So you can find that on the NFL section in the app and on the website. Click on Fantasy Football to look at all of our waiver wire pick, project, uh, you know, all the things you guys you should be picking up. It's possible drop uh, droppable players. Those will be both in the fantasy section there as well tomorrow. And, yeah, we'll be back this week. It should be hopefully an entertaining game tonight, even if it's just a get-right game for the Chiefs. And then uh, – I don't know if you've looked at the schedule, Blake, for Thursday, but uh, I'm going to say that we're not going to have that be our one of our games of the week coming up. I believe it's the Jets and the Colts. Yeah, don't think that's going to be the game of the week, uh, but uh, we will we'll see about that. We we haven't determined that yet, but uh, we'll we'll see. Um, so there you go. Check it all out at Clutch Points, and uh, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, search for Establish the Pass. And uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. We're on Establish the Pass. <laughs>